You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras. Now, it's summertime, and that means it's time to start getting our trail cameras ready and our trail cameras out to start capturing pictures of velvet bucks. And our friends at Exodus are kicking things off with Velvet Fest. Now, what is Velvet Fest? Long story short, Velvet Fest is the opportunity for you to win a variety of different prizes just by purchasing Exodus Trail Cameras, one of the best trail cameras on the market. Now, until July 12th, when you purchase any trail camera, you will be automatically entered into a drawing to win a variety of prizes from companies like Wicked Tree Gear, Maven Rifle Scopes, Tethered Tree Saddles, and of course, Exodus Trail Cameras. Be sure to follow Exodus on Facebook and Instagram, and be sure to visit ExodusOutdoorGear.com for more information on Velvet Fest. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast. My name is Dan Johnson. I am your host. And today we have a couple announcements to make before we get into today's epic story. And the first announcement, and one that I am probably the most excited about, is the release of our very first Sportsman's Nation short film. And the title of it is called Tradition, a Turkey Hunting Film. And it kind of showcases my family's annual turkey camp and it kind of showcases that it's more than just hunting it's an overall family activity um my family was there while we did the recording uh my wife actually killed a turkey during the film and it's just like how i view turkey hunting and how I like to get others involved with it, especially my family members. Um, and a little short story about how I introduced my wife into turkey hunting and how she's kind of taken that up and, uh, and has kind of started to, to really enjoy it. So uh, I would really appreciate it if this Thursday you would take 19 minutes and 45 seconds out of your day Head over to the Sportsman's Nation YouTube channel and check out 
the the short film i'll make sure i post links on all social media platforms like instagram and facebook and make sure that you guys uh, get an opportunity to watch it i would really appreciate it if you would watch it and then spread the word about it uh that would make me very happy and um huge shout out to my man curtis zabel for uh filming it and and uh, editing it and uh, making it what it is and it, it is truly an awesome short film and I hope you guys enjoy it other than that today's podcast we're going to be talking with Eric Scott of Pennsylvania and he's going to talk a little bit about how he grew up on private ground his whole life and he kind of went through the motions of hunting season and then he was introduced to through a buddy to some mountainous Pennsylvania public ground and it just kind of changed everything for him. And that's what today's podcast is all about. And the story part of it kind of wraps up the whole podcast with him sharing the story of a rifle hunt where the weather turned horrible. It was wet. It was raining. It was snowing. It was freezing temperatures. And uh, he was just hiking around the mountainside and he ran into what I would assume is a giant for that area and uh he he sealed the deal on it and uh, that's what this podcast is about now before we get into the podcast one more thing prime archery right i've been shooting uh prime bows now for two years and absolutely love the uh the logic right so last year i had the logic this year i have the um ct33 and just a really good bow Uh, It is a bow designed by a company that is just a bunch of bow hunters, right? It's not target archery, really. It's not anything. It's a bow hunting bow. And uh, so, like I always say, if you're looking for a really good bow, don't forget to shoot a prime uh, when you're starting to look for uh, your, your next bow because I think you'll be very satisfied you know i love the draw cycle i love that there's no hand shock and i just love the the engineering and design that goes into it and why they have the dual cams and all that stuff so for more information go to primearchery.com or visit one of your local prime dealers and uh, just shoot the bow man i'm i'm I I think you're going to be very happy with it. So, uh, Prime Archery. Now, I've talked too much in this intro already. So, please, 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 please go check out the film and enjoy the podcast. All right, I'm here with Eric Scott. How you doing, man? Good. How you doing, Dan? Can't complain. I'm having having a crazy Monday, but every day in my household is crazy. But uh, now I get to take a moment and I get to uh, chit-chat about hunting and it's one of my favorite parts of the day. So I'm jacked about it. Uh, how has your Monday been so far? Awesome. Good Monday. Uh, looking forward to the fourth. Yeah, I hear that. I can't believe how fast this spring has come and gone, and now it's summer already. Yeah, exactly. About this time last year, uh, we were putting up some cameras. We go up to the mountains for an uh, annual uh, town event. And um, over the weekend, we try to hang up some cameras. Yeah, for uh, so that'll be the same for deer hunting coming weekend. Um, yes, for deer hunting. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And that's kind of the reason uh, you uh, reached out to me is because we're in the middle of this uh, epic story 
type of series that we're doing here on the podcast. And uh, you wrote me with a pretty interesting story about, uh, a, you know, a piece of public land in Pennsylvania, in the mountains. So uh, it's just like when you, t- when you say those things all together, it just people automatically assume the worst hunting in the entire United States, thousands of people on top of each other, you know, high pressured deer. And, uh, but it sounds like you find a, found a spot through scouting and whatnot that, uh, kind of like debunked all that. And you had some really good encounters over the past couple of years. Yeah. I don't know how epic it would be in the eyes of many others, but to me, and I was having this talk with a coworker today about, you know, how hunting for him, he's saying it's kind of getting boring now. And I told him on the other hand, for me, I just like, it's like I found like a a new rebirth with hunting and being able to hunt the public land and just the memories I've created so far over the past couple, couple years. Yeah. Being up there. Yeah. So I think, I think the best place for us to start is, uh, have you been a Pennsylvania resident your whole life? I have, yes. Okay. So talk to me a little bit about how you grew up hunting, where you hunted, uh, the kind of upbringing that you had in your introduction into the hunting community, I guess you'd say. Yeah, I was born into a family that hunts. Um, Most of my uncles, my dad, um, cousins, and uh, my dad got me a 20 gauge. I killed my first doe with a slug. Um, So that's a memory that's always going to stick in my mind. And, uh, from there it was kind of, we just hunted family land for the most part. And we just had different tree stands set up pretty much at the same spot every year. And, you know, somebody gets one, you know, phone call goes out you go back with a four wheeler and or a tractor and get it. And since then, um, a couple of years ago, I met a friend of mine, Rodney at a local hunting store and, uh, kind of got hot on hunting turkeys i never killed one and uh actually missed my first one last year and got really close to one this year but anyways i heard him talking turkeys uh in this store and then i started talking to him and that's how i got to uh introducing myself and becoming friends with him and being fortunate enough to have the opportunity to go up to his family's camp and uh hunt the state forest up in potter county Okay. So you were kind of raised in a, on a family farm where you're, I, I'm assuming it's gun hunting with all your relatives. Yeah, mainly gun hunting. Um, my dad actually lost his hand, uh, on my first birthday. Um, and that year he actually harvested his first buck. Wait a I second. I have a picture hanging on my wall. He lost his hand, he lost his hand. on yeah. your first birthday. On my first birthday. So how'd that happen? I have to ask. Oh, uh, sawmill accident. Oh shit! Damn, that would hurt. But, <laughs> yeah, I have the original original article. My grandma saved it, and uh, one day I was going through some stuff with her, and uh, came across it, and she let me have it. It's laminated, <laughs> and uh, I guess there's a little bit of irony to it because the buck that he shot, one antler's up and one antler's down. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. That's crazy. So you grew up hunting kind of a family farm with a lot of relatives, and then that happened for however many years, kind of the same thing yeah, over up, and over and over every year? Yeah, over and over, probably, in, you know, 
well, I started going to college in 2004. Um, I hunted a little bit in college, but um, after college, uh, again, hunted a little bit of little bit there on the family land, and then a couple years later, uh, that's when I started hunting more public stuff. Yeah. All right. So your your buddy Rodney kind of schooled you to the game of of public land and and just the vastness of it and you can do whatever you want in there that kind of deal yeah so they got their camp in 2011 um they purchased a a smaller place up there a piece of land and they rebuilt on it and um him and his brother and his dad were huge turkey hunters um they definitely know what they're doing um turkey hunting and i guess hunting overall but until i think three years ago nobody killed a deer out of the camp yet so okay so he got his uh he got an eight point i think and then he got a six point both archery gotcha okay so when you got introduced to this public ground after basically your entire life of hunting a smaller family farm with a whole bunch of people what was that what was that transition like from the, from the private to the public? It was overwhelming. Um, you know, just the ride up there, we drive over three hours to get there, uh, one way. And you're just looking at all the scenery, all the hollows, all the ridges. And you're like, it almost like gives you chills just to imagine how much land that you have to be able to, just explore. I mean, coming from hunting small farm patches of wood stuff, you know, it's a, it's, it's a whole new, whole new thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a three hour drive. You get to see the, the, the bigger landscape. Was the terrain itself different from your family farm to this new piece of public ground that you were starting your, this new adventure on? Oh yeah, the the family land was all flat for the most part. Um, there was one little creek that ran through it, and then up there in Potter, just all the different all the different terrain. I mean, it's not too often that you're walking on flat land. Yeah, so, and it goes elevation. We have some place on on the maps of twenty two hundred feet and. Yeah. Yeah. You're looking for a workout and I'm thankful that, you know, I'm able to go to the gym four to six times a week and keep myself in shape because it definitely helped. Yeah. I believe it. I believe it. So it's a completely different animal, right? When, when you get out there. So what was, what was your first year going up there? Um, probably with him, probably 2015. Okay. Was 14 that, or 15. Was that for archery or was that for firearm? Everything. Everything. Both. Okay. So yeah. you kind of, you went up and started doing everything up there. Okay. So I want you to talk, you mentioned a little bit about it being overwhelming. I want you to talk about that, that learning curve that you had to go through to hunt a completely different terrain, hunt a completely different animal, how you approached it, like just kind of talk about that, that whole process. Oh, well, that's, 
like men- mentally it's kind of defeating in in a sense that you know you know these animals are out there and you could walk i mean there's a bunch of hard roads up there i'm not gonna lie there's a bunch of hard roads dirt roads that people will drive and then you'll see the pull-off points where people park and stuff yeah and pretty common to see a vehicle at at some of those places and they have maps on on their wall up there of camp of all the different area around topo maps and you know we are always looking at different places you know where right different vantage points you know how can we get to a spot without totally killing ourselves and you know sometimes we'll do that and then walk a different area out but um yeah whenever you put a climber on your back in a bag everybody knows you know you start putting some weight on it makes it a little tougher and um you know the early season when it's warm out it's and you're sweating your butt off it's it's definitely rough but right so um, how many acres are you guys dealing with like so you i'm sure you can get in a vehicle and you can go drive to a different spot but how many acres are you typically um attacking when you go up there you know, I was actually about to look that up as you had called me. Um, I don't have an idea of how many acres it is, but tens of thousands. Is it more than that? Is it less than that? It's got to be tens of thousands. Yeah. Okay. Just so it's it just goes on forever, basically. Yeah. Okay. So you're not able to attack all of it within one season. Certainly not. No. Okay. So how do you go? How do you go about? And what has your experience been since you moved to this new piece of public ground in finding new spots to go and hunt that actually look attractive to put in the time and the energy to go scout them and to go hunt them? Right. Yeah. I like, I like, I've heard, I've heard before that, you know, some, some deer will hang out closer to the parking lots, but in my mind, um, I don't want to say I find it hard to believe, but I was just looking for a little bit of a challenge. So I took a hike one day, you know, straight up over the mountain and walked the ridge out probably four or five miles. And, and I found this pretty nice spot and seen a lot of deer there, seen probably five or six buck all at once. And as you're walking in and out of this place. Yeah, as I'm walking in and out, and this was in the rut, and there's there's a bunch of doe around, which probably is a good reason those those buck were there. But yeah, yeah. So I found this spot, and uh, it's not easy to get to, five foot. So and there's no real close access road to it. So to me, that just kind of I don't know. I guess in my head, I'd like to think that I'm one of the only ones that are daring enough to to take the hike and be prepared for the drag out, but. I know there's other people because I've seen footprints up there too. Yeah. So you know you're not alone in going that that far back. Right. Yeah, I've definitely seen other uh, activity from other hunters. and But it's very uncommon that I see one when I'm hunting there. Gotcha. Which is nice. Okay. So as far as miles are concerned, once you located this spot, how far from where you parked your car or your truck to actually get to the stand location. How far of a walk is that? Uh, by foot, it's probably four miles plus. Four miles in a straight line? Uh, up the mountain, across the top, 
Yeah, probably about four miles. So four miles, okay. And then because you're in the mountains, what kind of elevation change are you? Uh, you are you going up or are you going down or are you kind of just bouncing back and forth? I'm going up and I'm not sure what the elevation is at camp. But I know around the top is right around 2,000, 2,100. 2,100 feet. And then yeah. you're going up from camp to this yeah. location. Okay. Another another 2,000 feet, did you say? Um, Just to the top is about 2,100 feet. I don't know what elevation camp is exactly. Oh, okay. So to the top. All right. So I got gotcha. you. All right. So the top of the mountain is like 2,100 feet. Yeah. Okay, I got gotcha. you. So you're walking four miles back, um, and you and through scouting, you found this specific, uh, this specific, I guess, area where you saw deer. Was there any other sign, deer sign, in there that made you say, "Okay, this isn't just circumstance that these deer are in here. They're here because of this terrain feature, or there's some oaks in there that there was a food source or what other reasons were these deer in this area for? Yeah. Along, along the side of the ridge up top, there were some heavy deer trails and, um, the further back I got, well, I seen, I seen rubs all the way back on trees and I'm not sure. I'm still trying to learn how to interpret a rub. Um, as to what kind of buck it is, but I've seen a ton of rubs and I guess in my head, I just think, you know, Oh, rub buck, you know, it's on here. But I found this one spot where it was just completely tore up. And whenever I went back there, um, things didn't work out in archery season, but when I back, went back there, uh, in rifle, it paid off. Right. Right. All right. So you located this spot as you're walking through it. And what year was that? That was 2017. Okay, 2017. You're, were you just on a scouting mission at that point when you found this this little hot spot? I've made, yeah, I've made that hike before um, just personally for myself and, and just to get a workout and, and do some scouting to see what's around. Um, and then I did go up there the very last uh, day of archery because there's some there's an area I wanted to hunt, but there are logging, so... I just figured that, I don't know, I probably wasn't going to see much there. Okay. So I went out on a whim and uh, decided to take the last day of archery in that same place that I took that long hike. Okay. And so in 2017, uh, I'm just trying to put all the pieces of the puzzle here together. In 2017, you went on a a hike for fun. You found it. uh, And then you actually went back to this uh, spot one of the last days in the 2017 archery season uh, because you had found it earlier that year. You got it. Okay. Okay, cool. All right. So was this a morning hunt that you went back in there for the first time? Uh, Was it an evening hunt? Kind of walk us through what made, you know, about all this, this particular uh, hunt itself. Yeah, it was an evening hunt. Um, I tried tried some different areas like i said that spot where i wanted to um hunt originally they were logging so i ended up going there in the morning and then um backed out and went back to camp probably got a bite to eat and then uh decided the evening hunt that i would just go go to this spot that we're talking about gotcha okay very last day 
very last day. And there's a little bit of a story. Was that in 2018 where you switched weapons or was that in 2017? Uh, yeah, 2017. Um, so I didn't want to take uh, my climber and my compound and everything else with me on this last day. Cause I knew I was going to be covering some ground. So uh, my buddy's dad had a crossbow there and, um, never took one out hunting before, but hit a block and we shot, shot a couple bolts at the block and I was able to get, get a good group at 30 yards. And, uh, he was happy to let me take it up there. And I did. So I took that in the monopod and, um, on my walk up there closer to the end of my walk, uh, seen about 20 some deer and like five or six of them were buck. And the one was a was a really nice eight point, you know, considering the deer that I've shot in my lifetime. Uh, prior to that, my best buck was a, not the most points, a six point, but he scored almost a hundred. Um, and I'm not too big on the numbers. Like I told you before, I never really got my, uh, eight point or my 10 point, uh, actually measured out, but, um, yeah, so I was approaching him on the ground, and the closest I get was 60 yards um, with the monopod and the crossbow. And I was just trying to creep closer to him, could never get a shot on him. But between five or six buck there and the rest and doe, I figured that had to be a good spot. Now, when, as you're walking in, you saw these deer, but did you actually bump them at all? Did they see you? Did they spook? That's funny. Um the the big buck that I was going after that that day, um, he did not spook at all. But there were several other bucks in there that did spook and doe, and they kind of took off. But he kind of just he was feeding. I don't think he he cared too much, or either that or else I did a good job at sneaking through the woods, getting close to him, yeah, sixty yards. Gotcha. He had actually you, just walked off. Had you seen this buck before? On in other hunts i had not um last year we put up i think it was like nine cameras um so we had some good deer on camera all all around the area up there but um specifically no i couldn't say hey that's that buck you know gotcha all right so you get back in there you you see a whole bunch of deer they end up they end up like going away right uh so what happened the rest of that evening then rest of that evening uh nothing went my way um so i ended the 2017 archer season without a buck yeah right so you take a crossbow back there you switch weapons just because it's a long ass hike and you didn't want to bring your bow and your gun you got skunked season's over right did you then then comes the 2018 season were you thinking about this spot the entire summer and the t- entire off season saying, Hey, I got to get back in here and I got to find a better way to get back in here. Oh yeah. Well, it was, it was that rifle season, rifle season, 2017 opening day where I went back there, um, in gun season last, uh, yeah, the 2000, yeah, 2008, 2017 is when I got, I went back to that same spot opening day of rifle and harvested, uh, to date at that point, my nicest buck yet. Okay. All right. So you did go back in there before the 2018 season. Um, and when does that rifle season open for you guys? Uh, it's 
it used to be now it changes here um used to be the first monday after thanksgiving okay so uh it's archery all the way up until the first monday after thanksgiving which is like one of the first weeks the first weeks in december right yeah, I think it, it was the. Uh, actually, I have the tag right here. It's. Uh, I think it was the twenty seventh actually last or that season. Yeah, eleven twenty seven of November. 17. Yep. Okay. So when you went back out to this place, was there still the good um, deer sign out there? Was there still? I mean, did you walk in and uh, notice that the deer were still there? Yeah, I actually approached it from a different angle to make my walk a little bit shorter. Um, so I might have missed some of that detail, but um, I still seen the tracks. And on my hike, I heard some does uh, whistling in the morning at me, you know, blowing, snorting. Gotcha. Um, and but yeah, I went to a, went to a spot um, where I had found some some heavy rub sign before and posted up there. Gotcha. All right. So, and that was, that was in 2017. So where does, where do, opening day. yeah, where does the crazy story come into play here? Um, the crazy story then, um, well, I guess to me, because uh, you, you, opening in in the, yeah, in, the nope. in the mail you or in this message you sent me something about like freezing rain and a umbrella a tree yeah. umbrella and ice and like having to change directions and all this stuff walk us through that yeah that was uh this year opening day of rifle um didn't get to do a whole lot of archery hunting this year um due to switching jobs and uh, time off and gotcha and just stuff like that but um and i'm not saying that i'm a avid bow hunter i enjoy bow hunting um but i like eating deer meat too so i'm not going to complain either way but yeah absolutely um so it was opening day i only took one day it was a personal day um and we went up there uh and we went out opening day it was like 4 30 in the morning we were in the hollow and uh both of us went and i took uh well, we knew the weather was coming so i took a white trash bag with extra clothes you know, bibs, sweatshirts, all that stuff, and uh, carried it with me. Uh, within like 15 minutes, we started sleeting rain, and we knew it was going to be bad, but we had some hand warmers and stuff, and uh, we split up. And I went to the top just outside of some laurel and um, tried to set up my tree umbrella, and Pretty much as soon as I got it up, the wind just folded it right back <laughs> in my face. So, luckily enough, um, I was able to find a pine tree that was next to a deadfall, which had uplifted the ground. And I just hunkered down there for a while, um, just overlooking this hollow in the laurel. Um, and then from there, I just uh, decided to do some still hunting. Um, and it was inclement weather the whole time. Um, found a doe on the other, just on the top side, back side of the mountain. Um, and she was just like looking down into this hollow for what seemed like 30 minutes. Cause all I want to do is keep moving and she's just standing there. And then eventually she beds down. So I sneak back out and then it was either I had to make decision either to head towards the hard road which was a good walk or take a longer walk 
um, back to camp. And I figured if I took the short walk, my chances of seeing something were probably less likely to happen. So I decided to take the long road and uh, eventually paid off. Uh, I had all my gear on pretty much. I was so hot, sweating, but I didn't want to take it off because I knew how cold it was. Yeah. And it, it was it still raining at this point? Yeah, it rained a good portion of the day, sleet and rain. Um, I'd stop every now and then and eat some food. I'm one of those guys that always has to pack some extra food. Yeah. And then I get basically back to camp after about a four-mile hike and uh, go to drop down over the top, lose my footing in the snow. It's probably close to a foot of snow out there that day. And I just eat it. I slid, I slid like 30, 40 feet down the mountain. I was just like praying I wasn't going to hit a tree. Yeah. And then uh, I got myself together and just part of me was frustrated, but part of me was also, you know, just glad to be out there. I had one, one day to be out hunting and I had to make the most of it. And if I didn't get something, it was still, you know, still a good time created, creating some memories with, with my new friend and um it was just about that time i looked down to this hollow and there's this buck and uh i knew he had a nice rack on him but didn't know exactly which one he was i thought maybe he was one of the ones that we had on camera yeah and uh there's a stump a stump on the ground and i was probably uh what i thought what i thought was 70 80 yards um, I think it was only 50 or 60 when I went back um, this turkey season. I ranged it, uh, went to that same stump and checked it out. But uh, there he was, and I pulled up, and my from my fall, my uh, my optics were all fogged up, and I couldn't see through them. So I had to get myself situated and cleaned off. And uh, sure enough, he turned broadside, and I had a clean shot. And, and this was all within 50 yards of you 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 slid down the mountain you look up and there's a deer yeah there's probably a little bit uh there's a little bit of distance to where to to where my fall was to where i walked to find him okay all right um, so it's not like all of a sudden it happened you slid down right. you gathered yourself got cleaned up and then kept moving right but okay. yeah there's no I don't want, there's no being quiet about coming down over the mountain with, right. with the noise I was making and situation and the environment. But uh, Was it windy that day? It certainly was in the morning. I don't know towards the afternoon because it was 4.30 in the morning and I just remember it ripping and blowing. Gotcha. Um, at one fifteen, when I shot him, I think the wind was the last thing I thought about. <laughs> yeah. And maybe, maybe it was, and maybe it wasn't. And it just kind of worked out in my favor. Um, I didn't give him too long to make a decision on anything, but he definitely didn't seem uh, startled. He was kind of down in the hollow, which I don't know if that's where the wind was going at that point or not. Gotcha. So you get out there, it starts to rain. It's snowy. Uh, it's just like, really uncomfortable conditions for you right all, all day long cold temps cold yep so it's, easily in 
low 20s. Yeah, so it's it's below freezing. It's raining, sleeting, icing. Uh, you're in a shit ton of gear, tracking through the mountains. You're sweaty. You're tired. And that was just the morning hunt, right? So you kind of worked your way back to camp. Did you stop at camp before your evening hunt, or did you just kind of keep grinding throughout the mountainside? No, that was all day. Um, that was a whole day from 4.30 till quarter after one when I shot him. Okay. So you ended up out the whole time. Okay. Gotcha. All right. So when you, when this deer, like I, I've been there before on, let's say like a, a a day where you're just completely exhausted already, whether it's a half a day or a whole day and you, you need to have your head up looking around, but you're so exhausted. You're just trying to make sure your feet are going where they need to go. Right. Did this deer, did this deer take you by surprise or were you sitting down and he worked his way through? Um, no, he definitely, definitely caught me off guard. Um, honestly, I thought after the fall, I thought pretty much that, you know, everybody heard me crashing through the woods and (laughs) that was probably about it. But, uh, to my surprise, I looked up and there it was. Yeah. So were there any other deer with this? with this buck no he was by himself okay he was by himself and then why don't you just walk us through what happened from when you ended up seeing him so yeah so like i said i pulled up pulled up my um my gun and as i was rested on this uh stump and deadfall and i just couldn't see um at that point he was feeding and um once I got resituated and my optics uh, pulled up and took one shot and he fell right there. One time bang. How far was he? 50, 60 yards. Okay. So he's 50, 60 yards. You pull up, you shot him and, and he drops right in his tracks. What was the first thing that went to your, through your mind at that point? Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Now, did you realize, did you realize at that point that he was the biggest buck that you'd ever shot? I knew he was nice, but I didn't know how nice he was. Yeah. Okay. So when you walked over to him and you put your hands on him for the first time, what was, what was going through your head at that point? Uh, I was shaking so bad. Um, my hands were that numb. I could, uh just barely get get my hands uh to work work my phone so i called my buddy because that was up on mountains one of the spots where i actually had reception <laughs> and i just called him and shared the news and so so after you went out and you know you you're you're shaking so bad this you know you just went through it all like exhausting process of hiking up and down the hillside all day, finally ran into a deer, you shot him. How did you get him out of wherever you were at? Because you mentioned earlier in the podcast, you couldn't use a, uh, you know, you couldn't use a vehicle to get to him most of the time. Yeah, we had to drag him out. Um, I drug my 2017 out, uh, my 2017 buck out and, uh, ground was dry. Um, Actually, coming downhill, you'd think it would be easier, but the weight of the deer, 
when they want to slide down the mountain, it just kind of pulls you wherever, wherever he wants to go. Right. Um, but this one, like you said, I was, I was beat. I was never more tired from a hunt. Um, and then after I cleaned him, it was, uh, down in the hollow, there was a bunch of rocks and water and, and fallen trees. And I just figured that we didn't want to go that way. And my buddy, um, he definitely agreed. So we tried dragging him on the side. Um, wasn't really a point, but we tried staying high and dry instead of going down into the center of it all. And we did that for as long as we could. And then just got to a point where we actually had to go down there. So we were dragging him over and under deadfalls and over rocks. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of a, just a overall shitty retrieval of the animal. It just sucked. Definitely. Definitely the hardest I've ever worked to get an animal out of the woods. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Um, but the experience is like that type two fun that everybody talks about, right? It sucked while you were doing it, but actually, you know, now you have this crazy story of tramp, you know, tramping through the mountains on public ground and, you know, getting a shot at one of these animals that, uh, probably, you know, best guess, do you happen to have a score just so everybody can get an idea of the deer that you shot? Uh, you mentioned it was your best one, not that score matters, but just an idea of what this, uh, you know, what this animal looks like and all that stuff. Yeah. I've had a couple people just based off of my racks and pictures say probably my last two were probably a 120 to 130. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, that sounds, here I'll, I'll, yeah, that sounds like a will. pretty good, uh, a pretty good, you know, deer for that area based off of all the information and all the people that I've talked to from Pennsylvania. Yeah, we've no, um, we've seen bigger rack. Um, we've seen bigger rack harvested, but for me personally, uh, getting the eight and the ten point back to back years, uh, and like I said earlier, like my, my coworker said, his hunting is going downhill. Well, it's like a new rebirth, and just it reminded me like why you know why we do this, and like people, some people don't understand it. You know, why do you spend the time in the woods? And, you know, what's out there? Well, you don't really know until you go out and find out. You yeah. just never know what you're going to find. Yeah, especially on, uh, you know, the, the vastness of the public ground where you are, you can literally go and do anything. And if something changes uh, and it's bad hunting, you can just get down or move and go somewhere else and try to make uh, different luck there. Absolutely. Um, like I said, we're going up this coming weekend. We'll hang some cameras. Uh, looking forward to hopefully getting some pictures of some buck that we had last year because we had some pretty nice buck on there uh, to see what they're going to be like this year. And also just look at some different methods or ideologies of, you know, the different land um, how it's laid out with cover, transitions, wind, and different access points. Um, try to figure some of that out uh, as we continue hunting up there. And just continue to refine, uh, you know, find your favorite spots, but also find new ones and refine your approach to this this piece that you've you guys are hunting? 
Yeah, there's, like you had mentioned earlier, there's thousands and thousands of acres and it's hard to pick out, you know, one, one spot when you can go here or there all the right. time. Right. I wish we had more freedom, more time to go out and navigate all these places and check them out. But yeah, absolutely. we only have a couple of weeks of vacations a year. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I tell you what, man, uh, awesome story. Really appreciate you taking time out of your day to uh, chit chat and good luck with us. Sounds like you're on a roll. You got uh, two good deer in two years, 17, 18. Hopefully your luck continues in 2019. I appreciate it, Dan. And there you have it. Another podcast in the books. Huge shout out to all the partners of this podcast. Hunter Safety Systems, Lone Wolf, Ripcord, Wasp, Ozonics, and Prime. Guys, really appreciate uh, the support there. Please go out and support the companies that support this podcast because they support me. Then I can support your podcast habit, and then it's like a big circle. You get it? Okay, cool. Then, huge shout out to all you bastards out there. (laughs) Uh, Thanks for taking time to download this podcast man i truly from the bottom of my heart appreciate every download thank you thank you thank you and uh, please spread the word leave reviews download subscribe follow on social all that stuff um and uh you know be sure again to go check out the film on the sportsman's nation youtube channel i would really appreciate that and then share uh share it with uh, anyone that you think might like it so thank you very much for your time thank you for listening to these crazy podcasts and uh, if you're going to be in a tree please wear your damn safety harness